0: Robots vs. Dinosaurs is a proud member of the Apocalypse Podcast Network. Check out Apocalypse Podcast Network for more great podcasts. The following podcast is brought to you by Robots vs. Dinosaurs.
1: Disclaimer, this podcast is about to spoil several movies from 6 to 20 years old. Lou, read off the list.
0: Today, Robots vs. Dinosaurs will be spoiling for you, the listener, Universal Soldier, Total Recall, Universal Soldier 2, Brothers in Arms, Big Hero 6, Universal Soldier 3, Unfinished Business, The Running Man, Universal Soldier 4, The Return, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Universal Soldier 5, Regeneration, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and Universal Soldier 6, Day of Reckoning. Hello and welcome to Robots vs. Dinosaurs, the podcast where we watch a movie every week and then try to determine which one is cooler, robots, dinosaurs, or resurrected cyborgs from the Vietnam War. I'm your host, Louis G., and with me as always is my co-host, a new co-host or sometimes returning co-host every week. And this week I have one of my favorite co-hosts, who is, listeners, you'll recognize him from one of our earliest episodes when we talked about the movie Universal Soldier. And uh, my guest is Ben Dworkin, host of Benny D. Primetime. Welcome, Ben. Thank you for having me again, Lou. Thank you for coming back. And Ben, why don't you tell the audience what
1: movies, plural, we're going to be talking about today. Okay, today we're going to talk about one of my all-time favorites on my list. Universal Soldiers 2 and 3. Universal Soldier 2, Brothers in Arms. And Universal Soldier 3, Unfinished Business. Sort of like a two-parter, like both movies are linked together. You'll get the point once we start talking about it, so...
0: Yeah, and if you, watched, if you watched Universal Soldier and or listened to our podcast covering that movie, then you'll remember it was a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie where he was originally a U.S. soldier in the Vietnam War. He was killed in action along with another soldier played by Dolph Lundgren. And uh, those two soldiers along with a few others were resurrected in a government program to create the perfect— Cyborg Soldier. Is that is that right, Ben? Is that right accurate yes, so that's far? Right. Yes, that's right. And so where where does the sequel pick up? Where where do we uh, start off in Universal Soldier 2, Brother? Well,
1: well, it starts off with Gary Busey getting off a helicopter with his people he's with in the in the military, mm-hmm. partners, and they pick three random military officers the best and the brightest and they end up shooting them mm, on purpose on purpose to bring them back to life as universal soldiers. But along the way, along the way, Luke Devereux, played by Matt Bataglia, who some people have never heard of before because he's like one of those, those minor actors that, you know, is not in many famous movies, but he's not really, you know, but he's sort of like a semi-famous actor. Yeah, more of a TV actor than a movie actor. He he does have an actor. Yeah, so he plays Luke Devereux and Chandra West, another TV actress, plays Mm -hmm. Veronica Roberts. So they meet up, and, like, Veronica Roberts gets Luke Devereux used to life again. Mm -hmm. But a discovery that he finds out, Luke Devereux finds out that his long-lost brother, Eric Devereux, is alive. And being held captive by Art Mazur, played by Gary Busey, mm-hmm. and he has a, a plot to use the Universal Soldiers to to smuggle diamonds out of diamonds in out of the country. Mm-hmm. And I think he even wants to
0: go as far as to take over the government eventually. Right. Right. Yeah, I think and that sort of bleeds into the third one because the this the second movie, it literally takes place like smack right after the first one ends. Because the first one ends with that awesome fight at the farmhouse when Luke and Veronica go back to Luke's parents' house. In uh, I think it's in Canada. I'm pretty sure it's in Canada. <laughs> no, actually that doesn't make sense because he's an American soldier. Uh, whatever. <laughs> um, they go to the farmhouse and they have that battle. And this movie though, the sequel, it starts out right like minutes after they're on the run, and there's a, a news report about Veronica being a, a known fugitive, and and the whole country is looking for her. There's like this nationwide manhunt, and so she's kind of spending the whole movie hiding her identity, trying to. Trying to be inconspicuous everywhere she goes. She and Luke sort of when they when they when they find Eric when they find Luke's long lost brother. They also uncover this plot, um, this larger plot where the company that makes the Unisols, Otto Mazur and his boss, who we
1: Ooh, kind of see in the shadows. I, I'm
0: so sorry. I thought it was Art. Oh my God. Is it Otto? I think it's yeah, Otto, Otto Missouri, or Arthur, yes, or something yes, like that. Yes, they don't, they don't, yeah, they don't say his name too many times. But he is, uh, but it is Gary Busey, and who's awesome. He's a great villain. Uh, but we eventually see his boss throughout the second movie. We kind of see his boss on the phone. His face is in shadows all the time. He's kind of giving orders to Gary Busey. But again, Luke and Veronica discover that the the big plot is this guy, the mentor, is actually who
1: who who plays this guy. The one and only Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds plays the mentor who's giving Gary Busey orders to carry out his actions. Yep. So like in the middle of the movie, the colonel comes out and says, he doesn't need a babysitter. He can handle the transaction himself. And like Gary Busey flips on him and kills him right in the middle of the movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot, of, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of like sudden out of nowhere. Oh my gosh, somebody has a gun, or just, hey, I I uh just talked to you for five minutes and made a joke and earned your trust, and now I'm gonna shoot you. <laughs> like they do a lot of that kind of subterfuge in this movie, or in both of these movies. It is kind of, you talked about how they they meet Eric. They meet Eric Devereux, who's Luke's long-lost brother. And one of the cool weird things about this is that he was Uh, older than Luke. And he went off to war and was supposedly killed in action. Luke is now when uh, he was inspired by his older brother to when he turned 18, he went and joined the army and he went and fought for his country. So now what's funny is that they're both resurrected. They were both frozen and resurrected. And now, even though Eric is the older brother, they're the same age sort of, because they, they they were frozen at the same absolutely, age. Absolutely, absolutely. So now they're like brothers where one of them is technically older, but technically not. So that's kind of cool. But it's it's bittersweet, right? Because what happens to Eric at the end of, of Universal Soldier
1: 2? He gets killed. Sorry to say. Sorry to say he gets killed. I, I was hoping he would survive till the end. Like, you know, he and Luke went to that... Country bar, like I don't hmm. know how to pronounce that. Like you know, yeah, country bar. Country bar. They have such a great time, and then Veronica Roberts gets relieved that things may be over. But Otto Mazur, played by Gary Busey, comes right, right, in, right behind her, and like, like scares the crap out of her. And like, that's when the battle begins. Eric dies right at the end, and then they thought they, they think they kill Otto Mazur, but no, he comes right out, bludgeoned all with blood all over it, and then, like, done.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's very surprising, because we're just introduced to this character. We feel like they have this reconciliation, this reunion, and I I wasn't expecting him to get killed off at the end. I certainly wasn't expecting him to come back in the next movie, and it's insane the way that they bring him back. It's really cool. Do you want to talk about
1: that a little bit? Well, they, the scientists and Burt Reynolds... Hatch this plan to recreate Eric, go get him through the puberty process, and then make a, a duplicate version of Eric to torture Luke, I don't know, and then like yeah.
0: Yeah, to really mess with his head and to and and also the original Eric didn't take to the treatment. So when Eric dies in Brothers in Arms, when he dies in Universal Soldier 2. Luke doesn't realize that they can't just easily bring him back. Veronica has to has to kind of break the sad news to him that uh, you know, your brother never took to the original treatment. So we're not going to be able to revive him. So in the in the third movie, it's yeah, they don't even use this unisol original unisol technology to revive him. They introduced the concept of cloning. So now this series has gone from like zombies. To cyborgs, to cloning, and it's awesome. The next place for it to go is space, I think. Um, but we'll, we'll have to we'll
1: have to see if we ever cover any of the other sequels. Yeah, I mean, like I was yeah. just disappointed when Universal Soldier three ended, and it got back to Jean-Claude Van Damme, and all, the whole concept of Universal Soldier became irrelevant. Why do you it say changed, that? Changed dramatically because, like, I was expecting it for expecting it to go continue with the GR44-like cyborg format and make it more un- still in its form. But, you know, the, it's disappointing the way the, the franchise continued. So that's when I mm. got less interested. I hear you. I mean, Universal Soldiers 2 and 3 were the films that really caught my attention when I was younger. Okay. I got the DVD, watched it over and over again. Like, I had, I had my creativity was at an all-time high. During that time. You know, I watched it over and over and over again. It was great, you know, the way they did it, you know. Yeah,
0: they it's it's uh it's very fun. You don't you don't often see sequels like this where it picks up so soon right after the events of the previous one. Often there's like a, a period of time in between. There's been, you know, it's been 10 years or it's a few months later or something like that. And so it's cool that these sequels are like right away like this is the next the very very next thing almost like you're watching a like a your favorite tv show and it's just the next this episode ends you're watching the next episode this third movie universal soldier 3 unfinished business also introduces us to the concept of sleeper agents sleeper sleeper grs i guess that are apparently everywhere. There's civilians that are basically waiting to be called upon. And some of them are not civilians because the, the <laughs> we find out some of them are in the highest levels of the government. And so this whole entire plan for the Unisol Corporation is sort of, uh, it's, it's teased and they plant the seeds throughout the first two movies. But in the third one, it ends with they're, all of their plans are coming to fruition. Everything is, is they've got the president involved even. And it's,
1: it's pretty crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. At the end of the third movie, like they catch Burt Reynolds in the act, who plays mm-hmm. plays the mentor. He confesses. He runs to the ledge of the ledge of the building and jumps.
0: Yep, and it's uh, and so we think that that's the end of Burt Reynolds. Veronica later tells us he was buried in an unmarked grave. He was labeled uh, branded a traitor to his country, and then we see the actual truth of what happened to him. So what actually happens to Burt Reynolds?
1: He's lying on a on like a operating Mm table, And he's about to be becoming a universal soldier. Yep. They resurrected him. They resurrected. Oh, another thing we find out about him in the third
0: movie, his name is Gerald Risco. Yes, Gerald Risco. And you told me about this when we covered the first movie. You you mentioned that uh, Gerald Risco is the reason
1: that the GRs are called GR dot, 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 right? That's right. Luke, Devereaux, and Veronica Roberts discover that while they're driving. Yeah. Yeah, they
0: previously, she thinks that it stood for, GR stood for genetic regeneration. But then we find out when we meet Burt Reynolds, Colonel, Colonel Gerald Risco, that it's, uh, he, he sort of named the program, or named the Unisols after himself. Ben, I have a couple of bits of trivia for this movie. I want to kind of like do a, like, did you know kind of thing i um for listeners i was recently honored to be a guest on the benny d prime time show benny d prime time and we i was inspired because ben does a trivia
1: section at the end of his show so i wanted to not, well not all the, not all the time like you know i had amanda Nicastro on today mm-hmm. on on today when when this podcast airs like you know Mm-hmm. Like I played a game with her called reactions. It's an improv game. Cause I really wanted to test Amanda Castro's improv skills. Cause cool. She seems okay. like a great actress. I mean, I didn't, I had Ryan Capello on too, but I didn't really do any trivia with it because I, I can't do it all the time. I mean, it's got to change once in a while, you know? So it depends on the guests. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I just thought I'd do it with you. Cause like I was in a good mood that day, you know?
0: <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I'm in a good mood today and I want, I want, I have three bits of universal soldier trivia. For you, so just you let me know if you if you already know these, but uh, if you if you also have any Universal Soldier trivia to share, uh, I want you to share it as well. Um, Number one, the Borg, the the eyepieces that the cyborgs where the Unisols wear over their eyes are inspired by the Borg from Star Trek: The Next Generation. They, they kind of have this same eyepiece that comes over one eye. And I read online that the design, when they were designing the uniforms for the soldiers in, in this movie, they added that piece because they were big Star Trek fans. So I did not know that. It's pretty cool, right? Did you know that uh, Dolph Lundgren actually originally wanted to be Luke Devereaux? He, did not, uh, he auditioned for Luke Devereux instead of Andrew Johnson in the first movie. Andrew Scott. <laughs> Andrew Scott, that's his name. Andrew Scott, thank you. I knew I had that written down somewhere. Yeah, so that would, what do you think that would have looked like if Dolph Lundgren was Luke and Jean-Claude was...
1: Disaster. Was Andrew. Disaster. Disaster. I mean, Dolph Lundgren has the potential to get corrupt in his roles, mm-hmm. but with Jean-Claude Van Damme, you'd have a much better shot at him winning the battle.
0: Yeah, he's usually our, our like, good guy in movies he, he Jean-Claude rarely rarely plays a villain
1: right he rarely plays a villain he did play a villain in The Expendables 2 I think yes that's correct yeah that's actually that's a really fun one because it's so
0: it's so different for him you could tell he's having a lot of fun kind of chewing it up and and uh and being yeah. evil for the first time yeah but yeah yeah not usually and especially at this point in his career this was very, this was peak Van Damme and it would have been hard for us to watch a movie where he's the villain in it. Um, my third bit of trivia: Do you know, did Ben? Do you know the what the original title of the movie was before it was Universal Soldiers? I have no idea. So I found this out. It's kind of cool. It's it was going to be called Crystal Knights. Crystal Knights, because I guess. Oh the power cells that the unisols run on is some sort of power crystal and they're like Knights, like soldiers. Yeah. What do you think is a better name? Crystal Knights or universal soldier?
1: I guess universal soldier. Cause it's because universal is like technology based. Yeah. Crystal Knights is sort of like 18th century blog, you know, that's exactly it didn't what it makes sense. It didn't make sense. So. that's exactly what i thought i thought
0: crystal knights it makes me think of like you know like a lord of the rings kind of thing or it's going to be some sort of fantasy thing with swords yeah. and magic maybe which would be cool but not not at all what the movie universal soldier is about and i think that name just sounds cool it's fun to say and it really tells you what the movie is going to be universal soldiers these are soldiers yeah. <laughs> the soldiers yeah yeah Ben, I just have a couple of other questions for you. Just like your thoughts about the movie, if I can ask you those questions and then we'll wrap up after that. How's that sound? Sounds great. All right. My number one, my first question is, uh, there were a lot of villains in the Universal Soldier series so far. In three movies, we've had Andrew Scott, played by Dolph Lundgren. We have had Otto Mizur played by Gary Busey. We've seen The Mentor, who's actually Colonel Gerald Riscoe, played by Burt Reynolds. And we've seen Eric Devereaux, played by... Jeff Wincott. Jeff Wincott. Out of those villains, Mentor, Otto, Andrew, and Eric, who do you think is is the best villain in the the Universal
1: Soldier movies? Who's your favorite villain? Well, if you're giving me the choice, I'm going to have to say Gary Busey as Otto Mazur. He is the most... Makes the most sense to play a villain like that because like Mm. in low budget films, because Gary Busey is literally nailing it in these types of films. Even though we rarely see him in the high, low budget films, we see Gary Busey in these unknown films that somewhat give you a bad taste in your mouth.
0: Yeah, he's he's really energetic, and he brings this explosive, dangerous presence every uh, in, on screen with him in every movie. It's like, well, like when he's in a scene with another character, you're kind these of on film it.
1: Film companies do not understand filmmaking to make viewers comfortable when they're watching the film. Hmm. I've rented movies in the nineties, rented movies in the early two thousands, rented them from video stores, and. Filmmaking needs to improve. I mean, yeah. there are more independent film companies being made. We, gotta have, we have to have them shine in, in the in semi-blockbuster era. It makes yeah, them for, doable for all people. For sure. And Gary, Gary
0: Busey is like the kind of actor that, like, he does that. He brings such a presence that it, it kind of, you, you kind of don't notice if there is a low budget because he's just bringing so much to the screen.
1: Like, I, I saw Gary Busey in this film called No Tomorrow. Okay. Which, is called, which is with Gary Busey, Gary Daniels, Pam Greer, Master P. And it's about an arms deal and mm. knowing who to trust in the arms deal. And that film was made perfectly. Mm. That film was made perfectly. And I'm ashamed that it was a low budget film because I enjoyed it extremely well. It was one of my favorites during my mid twenties,
0: you know, mm. A lot of a lot of those lesser known films are some of my favorites too. Uh, a, another actor that plays that I think has very similar energy to Gary Busey, somebody that brings a lot of presence and is very energetic and very watchable, is Nicholas Cage. And I know you uh-huh. like Nicholas
1: Cage, so yeah, bad. we I I gave I gave a trivia question to you the other day about Face Off and Con Air, you, like. You did. This
0: is not so much a trivia question. It's more your, your opinion. If we were to add Nicolas Cage to the Universal Soldier movies, what kind of character do you think he would play? Would he be one of the villains?
1: Would he be one of the soldiers? Would he be like... Honestly, I suggest that he play a villain because, you know, he played the villain so well in Face Off that, you know, he's played villains in some movies and he's nailed it. You know, he's, he's a really good villain to play. Mm, yeah. I don't see Nicolas Cage being a soldier, a robot. Yeah, because he just has that humorous, humorous personality to him, that evil humor personality to him. That you know, he does. He won't. He wouldn't look good as a soldier. I agree, and because the robots, their their whole thing is that they're emotionless,
0: right? They do not. Their voices do not modulate. They're very unexpressive on purpose. And Nick right. Cage is so expressive. You don't want to. You don't want to take that away from you. you don't want to take the best tool out of his toolbox right and and have him just be a, a robot the whole time <laughs> so yeah i agree i think he'd be i think he'd be a really fun villain in these movies then i have one last question before we wrap up our discussion on universal soldier on two me. and three today if you were a universal soldier what would your gr number be like do you have a favorite number you'd be like gr44 gr13 or what would your number be
1: this is gonna to sound totally crazy, GR46, 46. because 46 is the, is the number president we have currently, Joe Biden. We're going through a difficult pandemic right now, and when I think of 46, I think about how Joe Biden is going to bring this country back on its feet after we went through it, such a tumultuous time. Mm. And I would be the soldier, GR-46, that would rescue American people from tumultuous times, from a deadly, from a pathogen that has ravaged our country and changed our world. But we could rebuild our, war, our world to, much, to a much better norm than we had before. So if I were a universal soldier, I'd be GR-46 because I'd be on it to save the American people. Perfect answer. I love it, Ben. Well done. Well said. And I would take orders from President Joe Biden to save the country.
0: Awesome. Awesome. All right, Ben, uh, do you have any last at last things you want
1: to say about Universal Soldier before we wrap up for today? Well, just if you want to watch Universal Soldiers two and three, check it out on Amazon Prime. All right. Thank you. They're available on streaming cool. Thank you for that. And thank you for listening
0: to our episode today. Ben, can you just like say one last thing to the listeners? Just
1: say like, you know, thanks for, thanks
0: for listening. Thanks Real for
1: nice. tuning in. And I hope some of you who are listening consider to be on Benny D Prime primetime so that I can interview you about what you're accomplishing during this pandemic and what you hope to accomplish in the future.
0: Yeah. Check out Benny D Prime primetime. The link is in the show notes and we're out. It's a classic. Because this virus attacks the lungs, it's never more infuriating when you realize that your life has a price tag on it. The truth of the matter is we are in the middle of an apocalypse. There's no leadership. I went from being an ER nurse to you're a healthcare hero. I feel like a sham.
1: Apocalypse Now is a podcast that asks if we are living at the beginning of the end. I'm Joanna Van Dine. Join me every week as I talk with interesting people and decide if we're all doomed. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.